Welcome back to episode 7 of Overheard in the Gym. My name is Stuart, I'm a fitness coach and online personal trainer and this is the show that sets straight the dubious fitness myths and fad diet cons that we all overhear in the gym every day. And this week we're talking HIT versus list training. What are they and how do they fit into your training routine? But before we get into that, I think we need to quickly clarify what exactly HIT and list training is. So HIIT training, or high intensity interval training, has become really popular over the last few years, uh, particularly thanks to the rise of Instagram and Insta-famous fit pros demonstrating these as the very best way to get the most out of your workout in the shortest period of time. Now there are loads of different ways of performing HIIT workouts, but I would say there are probably two main factors that define or determine whether it's a HIIT workout or not. The first aspect of a HIIT workout would be that your work time and your rest periods are fairly short, probably no more than 30 seconds each. And the second factor is that those working periods need to be as intense as possible. So you're working towards your very maximum output during those working sets and making the most of those short rest periods in between. So in practice, that might look like a 30 second treadmill sprint followed by a 30 second rest before going back into a 30 second sprint. Or another form of HIIT training that you may have heard of would be Tabata training. So that's generally a 20 second work period followed by a short 10 second rest, repeated maybe four, six or eight times in a row before moving on to your next exercise. And it doesn't just need to be cardio exercises. You could carry out a HIIT workout with weights. The same principle applies. You would choose a challenging weight and you would work through 20 seconds, 30 seconds, 40 seconds of work, followed by a resting period. The principle through any of these type of workouts is that it's going to greatly increase our heart rate, it's going to greatly increase our breathing, and it should take us as near as possible to failure during our workout. So while HIIT training is all about going hard and fast, then list training is probably the exact opposite. Low intensity, steady state cardio in its simplest form is any form of aerobic activity that you carry out at a low intensity for a prolonged period of time. And in practical terms, what that means is that an aerobic activity is one where we want to increase our heart rate, but only slightly, so not to a maximum level, so that we could uh, walk or cycle or swim or be active. Um, That's getting and get that blood pumping a little. But we maintain it at a low intensity. So that would generally be where our heart rate is around maybe 50 to 60 percent of max. Uh, rather than maybe the 80% of max that we might look at at a HIIT workout, and that you can complete over a prolonged period of time, so generally 30 minutes or more. Now, regardless of which type of workout you choose to do, they're both going to have their benefits. And of course, as with any workout, they're going to be goal-driven. They'll be determined by the goal that you're currently trying to achieve in the gym, whether that's greater aerobic capacity, greater athletic performance, fat loss, getting stronger, getting leaner, whatever it might be. Now, I think it's fair to say that probably the number one benefit really of HIIT training is that it's uh, time efficient. It gives you the opportunity to work in a far shorter period of time than you may do otherwise. And that makes sense. We're all busy. So if I was able to offer you a workout that's got the same or better results, but in half the time, then realistically, you're going to choose that option. Simply HIIT training takes less time. So whereas previously you may have spent an hour in the gym at a moderate intensity, you could now complete, say, four four-minute HIIT intervals performing at a high intensity and expect to gain maybe 10% more from that workout than had you done the longer one in the gym that you'd planned. And let's be fair, that's a pretty big win. 
And something else that we also know about HIIT training is that it, it's going to help us burn more calories. So research says that if we were to complete a, a HIIT workout, and again, a high intensity, and that really is the key with all of these points, uh, then you may look at burning 6 to 20% more calories than your traditional more steady state exercises. But what's really cool is that these calories aren't simply burnt during your workout, but also post-workout as well. And that's thanks to an effect called EPOC, or Excess Post-Exercise Oxygen Consumption. And while that sounds really technical, in simple terms, it just means that the body is trying to catch up and restore itself back to pre-exercise levels of energy. So because HIIT training is exactly that, so intense, your body's going to have to work far harder in order to regain the energy and replenish itself post-workout. Now, this period takes far more energy and therefore means that we're going to continue burning far more calories post-workout than we had have done had we just done a regular run on the treadmill. And again, that seems like a pretty big bonus to me. And as HIIT training requires speed and quickness and power and strength and agility, that we also know that HIIT training is going to help improve our athletic performance or certainly our overall performance in the gym, regardless of whether we then go and continue cardio training or move into weight training. That ability for the body to move quickly under tension, under stress, is going to pay off in other areas of our training and our workouts as well. Now, all of this sounds like great news to me, but what we need to remember is that HIIT is also a lot of work. It demands an awful lot of your body, and it demands that you work at your highest capacity possible, even if it is only for a short period of time. And let's face it, anybody who's ever tried a 30-second flat-out sprint knows how horrible that can be. Now, that's great if you're a high-level athlete or someone who really enjoys pushing themselves as hard as possible in the gym. But let's face it, that isn't for everyone. Not everybody wants to work at... 80, 90, 100% of their absolute maximum during their workouts. And that might mean that in reality, you don't want to include HIIT training as part of your workout that frequently. It becomes an every now and then option rather than a regular part of your training routine. Which is actually fine because unlike other forms of training, HIIT training takes a real toll on your body. It's pushing you right to the very edge of what you might be comfortable doing. It's going to be stressful on your muscles, your joints and your heart and cardiovascular system as well which means that if you're doing HIIT properly, then you are going to need regular and correct amounts of rest between sessions. So while you might think, well, that was only a 20 minute session, that wasn't too bad at all, I'll go again and do it again tomorrow. In reality, if we're performing maybe more than two or three sessions of HIIT training a week at our highest capacity, we should be looking to take maybe full 24 hours rest between those style of sessions. It's just not going to be possible for us to maintain a high intensity at a good form with good technique for that longer period in repeated doses. And that brings us into maybe one of the biggest downfalls of HIIT training, and that's the injury rate. So it's not uncommon for us to feel a little bit sick or dizzy or faint during or just after a HIIT training period. We've all had one of those moments where we've kind of stood up and felt a little bit dizzy and thought, oh, hang on, that was a little bit tough. But in the longer term, HIIT training tends to develop a work until you drop mentality, a keep going until you can't do any more. And it's easy for us then to lose concentration um, or certainly lose proper exercise form as we go through our training. And as we know, poor form or poor technique generally leads to higher rates of injury. And injury is only going to mean you having to lay up and take more time out of your training than you might really like. So while you might have had a really intense, brilliant 20-minute HIIT workout, 
if you then have to take a week or two off because you've injured yourself, then that might actually set you back further from your goals than where you were when you started training in the first place. Which brings us nicely onto list training. So unlike HIT, which often relies on quick, fast, explosive movements, list training is generally far slower and completed under far more control. But just because we're dialing down that intensity, it doesn't mean that list training isn't going to get you any results. In fact, as we know, the act of simply moving still burns calories within the body. So increasing our amount of movement or our level of movement or our level of activity is still going to help increase our overall calorie burn over time. Now, if you wear a Fitbit or you use a heart rate monitor or another form of fitness tracking device while you're training, uh, sometimes when you get readouts, it gives you your percentage time spent in different heart rate zones. And this will depend on, again, the type of intensity that you've been working at. Now, what we tend to see is that a slightly lower heart rate will put you in what's called a fat burning zone, uh, whereas a uh, exercising with a higher heart rate or at more intensity will tend to put you in a cardiovascular or a cardio zone. Now, the idea of a fat burning zone uh, generally comes down to the idea that when we are exercising with less intensity, the heart rate is more under control. And as a result, your body is able to produce energy aerobically. So that's producing energy from oxygen rather than anaerobically, so using energy stores within the body. And this means that the body is able to burn a higher percentage of fat for fuel while working out. Now, this doesn't mean that you'll necessarily burn more fat in total, but what it does mean is that list cardio will put your heart rate in a range that burns a greater percentage of calories from fat as you exercise. You don't necessarily need to move quickly to burn calories or fat. Simply the act of moving with an increased heart rate is going to help the body do that anyway. Now, one of the difficulties with list training is the amount of time that you have to dedicate to it. As we said earlier, list training requires a prolonged period of activity, generally more than 30 minutes. Now, we might not have more than 30 minutes in a day to dedicate to lower intensity working out. And the other difficulty when we're looking at this is how we include some form of progressive overload. So how do we stop the body getting used to the level that it's at and sort of plateauing a little bit, which is another real issue when it comes to list training. So one week you start off and you add in a uh, simple walking session to your weekly routine. You might walk for 20 or 30 minutes at a brisk pace and start to feel really good for it. And you continue that for maybe two, three, four weeks. Uh, and each time, yeah, you feel a little bit better. You're uh, seeing more benefits. You're feeling more revived and fresh from it as well. Now, how do you steadily increase the difficulty of that style of workout over time? When we're HIIT training, it's very easy to do that. We increase the amount of time that we're working for. We decrease the amount of rest time that we have. We increase the load. We increase the reps. Or we try and do something to challenge ourselves further. Now, how do we challenge ourselves further when we're walking 20 or 30 minutes? Well, in reality, what we're going to have to do is start walking for 40 or 50 minutes, which increases the amount of time you have to spend doing exercise. And we do that for another two or three or four weeks. And again, we then start becoming very accustomed to that amount of work each week. So the only way to then increase that is to start work, walking for 50 or 60 or 70 minutes a week. And all of a sudden, we're having to dedicate more and more time to elicit the same effect, the same results from the body. 
So not only we're now having to work for more and more time to uh, achieve the similar level of results with LIS cardio, uh, it also gets and going to help us improve our overall athletic performance. So because there is no need for explosive or quick or athletic movement during a list workout we're not going to see real improvements in speed or strength or acceleration or stamina maybe many of the skills that we would see improved as part of a hit workout there we have it hit versus list training we know that list training is going to be very easy to recover from and it might improve our recovery between strength training sessions as well. If you've got sore legs, say, from squats or deadlifts, then getting out for a walk is going to help increase blood flow and it's going to help uh, our recovery process for those muscles. Uh, it's also going to be quite hard to overtrain using list training it, because it's so low in intensity compared to HIIT training, because it's uh, far easier to recover from, there's no real limit to how much you can do. So adding in more and more list training isn't necessarily going to lead to more fatigue, whereas HIIT training may do. It's also pretty good for stress relief, though I'd argue that really any exercise is good for stress relief, uh, particularly uh, because it's going to help get you outdoors. Fresh air is always good news, uh, and really, as I said, any form of exercise is going to really help when it comes to stress relief. But what we will see with HIIT training is an increased work capacity, so we'll be able to tolerate and work to a far higher level of intensity for a longer period of time through most of your training, whether that's strength or cardio or power related. And we also know that HIIT training will help raise our metabolic rate thanks to the EPOC effect, which means that we're going to be burning more calories after the session, and that a HIIT session is generally just far more time efficient than a list session, which is great for those um, of us who are busy and don't have an hour or an hour and a half or whatever it might be to fit in an extra walk or a list training session during the day. But which do you concentrate on? Well, in reality, I think we've shown that both of these styles of training are going to have some form of role to play in your overall training routine. We shouldn't be able to train at a high intensity level day after day. So in reality, we're probably looking at mixing some HIIT training and list training into our week. And that's going to give us the most accomplished form of training routine, the one that's going to allow us to train at a high level, but also recover effectively, train in a time efficient level, but also help reduce our stress, reduce injury, uh, and overall improve our performance generally through the gym. So there you have it guys, that's HIIT training versus list training. I hope this episode has been useful and interesting. As always, if it has done, please feel free to share this episode with friends or family. Please feel free to uh, like, share or even give us a review on whatever podcast platform you listen to the show on. As you'll know, you can now get in touch with the show via email. You can email in theoverheardpodcast at gmail.com and episode 8 will be out with you next week. Until then guys, keep moving.